Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Welcome, Jerrica Jack. I am so excited to connect with you because you are a love coach. And who does not need a love coach? Right? Everybody. Well, we're yourself. all. Tell us who you are. Okay. Well, I am Jerrica Jack. I'm a love and dating coach for women. And I specialize in helping women find the good men, choose the right one, and start their forever relationship off right. I can't wait. So before we start, I want to read some of the words that you wrote to introduce you. It says, if you're like the women I work with, you truly want an awesome guy in a great relationship without settling, which is huge. And we will talk about that. But Mm -hmm. you may be doubting whether that is really even possible for you. I mean, how are you supposed to create that great relationship when you can't even find a decent guy to date? Your guy is out there and he's looking for you. And I'm so excited to talk about that with you. Before we get there, I want to give a little street cred to my listeners to let them know that you know what this is all about. So tell us a little bit about your first marriage, what went wrong and what the divorce was like. Okay, so I'm 50 now. So that kind of gives us where we are now. I was married for 15 years and then divorced at 48. So uh, let's see Um, what I was, you know, we were married for 15 years and it was his idea for the divorce. So obviously that was, you know, really, really tough. Um, But he wanted the divorce. And what went wrong? Um, This this actually kind of goes back exactly a lot of this stuff motivated me to do what I do now. Of course it did. Because you know what, our dark (laughs) stuff is what helps us find the light. We cannot get there without that. Absolutely. And that's just like what motivated me. And, you know, like I said in my little intro, it's finding the good men, choosing the right one and starting your forever relationship off right. And that all really goes back to the first thing, which is finding the good men and choosing the right one. And I just don't think that he was the right one for me in the beginning. And um, so did you see red flags early on? You just didn't want to look at looking. I think um, it wasn't so much that there were like total red flags. How I would look at it is like how we fit together. So. One of the things that I talk about in my work is this polarity of energy or like looking for someone who's different or complementary to you. And that really, you know, and this kind of like masculine feminine energy, and that wasn't really present in our relationship. It was, or either I was more in the masculine or we were kind of, you know, neither one of us were really in that polarity. And so I kind of talk about it like you've got two marbles and they just kind of like bounce off of each other and that doesn't really go anywhere versus like if you consider like the yin yang symbol where they both intertwine and that's what i'm you know that's what i teach my clients now and that's what i looked for then when i you know after my divorce that's what i looked for is someone who could compliment me who would have different energies because when i was younger I strong they might need your strength and where they're strong you have it 
I mean, you exactly. Have to that. Yes. And I thought I thought that I wanted, you know, people kind of joke about like, I wanted the, um, the male version of me or whatever. And I just I now I just really think that that's a big mistake and that you don't really want the you want those differences, not necessarily like differences in your activities or whatever, but it's more in your um, in your personality, in your being and kind of like how you how you are as a being. So when your first husband said he wanted to end the marriage, was it a shock to you? Um, we had been, the, so obviously the, like there were somewhat things throughout the marriage, but my whole outlook on marriage, like when I got married and, you know, I got married a little bit later, I was about 32, I think, 32 or 34, I think 32 when we met. Um, it was like, I do not want to ever be divorced. I come from parents who are divorced, like a lot of us do. And I was like, I do not want to create that again for myself or for my kids, future kids. I only have one, but, um, so I was like super, super determined. And that really carried through my, my whole relationship. Like I was willing to like stick it out and work right. it out. Because you don't like that same what? experience, right? Can but you tell me, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say leading up to when he when he you know told me that he wanted a divorce things have had been a bit of a struggle before that with his work and him kind of either not knowing really where he wanted to go he wasn't happy in his work and he kind of either didn't want to work or wanted to do something different and he was had been kind of trying these different things and so it had really come to a few months of like a lot of stress um i felt definitely a lot of pressure on me to you know, provide financially everything. So I just wasn't sure what, what he was doing. And so when he, when he said it, it was, I, it's kind of like this, you know, not a surprise, but yes, it was a surprise. Right. I mean, we hadn't talked about it before. Um, so it went very much from a uncomfortable marriage that could have been worked on or whatever. To, but then once he said that it was like, we're done. He was on the train. He was on the train, but like I got like pretty much right when he said that I was just like, that's it. Like I, I guess my sort of, I didn't really think about it at the time, but I think my per point of view was like, I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with me. Can I just say something? First of all, first of all, no one can see this, but I am clapping. And what I want everyone to hear is that that is such a beautiful place to be because there's like some saying out there, some quote that I'm never going to get correctly, but it was basically like, if you have to pause in between thinking about choosing me, choose someone else. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be with someone. So the fact that you, this, as soon as you heard that he didn't want to do this, that you weren't like, no, please, please reconsider because I don't want to be with someone that I have to convince that I'm worth it. Mm -hmm. And I understand, and this is not judging anyone that does. I understand that the reason why a lot of couples you know people do that it's not gender specific it, regardless of where it's coming from it happens because they don't want to lose the family they don't want to lose the story they don't want to change and mm -hmm. they're not looking at the fact that they have a partner who's supposed to be their intimate best friend and soulmate mm -hmm. who's saying i don't want to do this with you anymore and why i would ask anyone to do something with me that they didn't want to do is crazy i understand that there's ramifications but like bravo to you how old was your child when that happened he was 13 i believe 13 when we decided to you know to separate 
Can I ask so you a, a tough age? <laughs> right. I, I have a 14 and 13 and 11 year old right now. And I just asked and they're all boys. And I'm like, do you guys have your period right now? Because there's a lot of hormones <laughs> happening in this house. Um, going back to your parents, because I'm always interested in generational trauma from mm-hmm. divorce. Mm-hmm. What did they do with their divorce? How old were you when they got a divorce? I was 11. So it was okay. actually very similar. Yes. And how did they handle it? Um, they, um, so this was in the eighties, early eighties. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of this, like divorce was becoming a thing. And, um, I think at that time it was kind of like you divorced so that you could like actualize yourself so that you could, like find yourself. Um, I just think that they looked at it a lot differently and I know, um, yeah, that just, um, didn't, you know, they didn't have the history like what we have now to uh, understand, even from someone else's perspective, the consequences of divorce. So they just thought saw it as uh, an opportunity for freedom, not realizing like when you get divorced, when you have kids, it creates kind of a lifetime, a different life track. Like now all your Christmases are up in the right. air and all yes. the you know, and that's a lifetime. Were but there they, any um, things from their divorce that you've done differently in your divorce so your son doesn't have to have the same experience? Um, I don't I don't know that I've really done anything too differently. I don't I don't necessarily think that there was anything wrong with how they did it. I think, um, you know, talking to them going back, I don't know if they would have done it. Maybe they would have done things differently if they would have realized just the kind of, um, it's like you're kind of, you're, you feel like you're getting this freedom from this mess and you feel like that, but that like book has closed or whatever, but you, you know, they didn't realize they were opening up a book of, or a box or whatever of a whole bunch of different messes. So maybe they just wouldn't have done that. Um, I've just tried with my son to provide like as much stability as I possibly can on my end. Um, I think that's and, and um, staying close with him and really kind of things that I've done with him, you know, since he was born, just kind of keeping, you know, always keeping the bond going, keeping um, communication with him open, that he always has a voice. So he, for example, in our situation, he basically decides where he, he's now 16. So, you know, at this point, it's like you don't really tell a 16 year old what they're going to do very much they're they're kind of you know more independent so how has the co-parenting been with your co-parent it's been fairly easy um i really do almost all the parenting if not all of it so i guess in a sense that makes it easy as far as like there's not much negotiation or anything because i'm pretty much doing all of it um the hard part is the part that i'm doing all of it right so that can be a lot of weight on my shoulders sometimes i understand um what i want to say before we do anything else is congratulations can you tell everybody why i'm congratulating you (laughs) well i just got engaged two weeks ago and so i guess i can tell the full circle story would be and and we'll probably get more tell the full circle story and then i'm going to ask you my question (laughs) the the first full circle story which i know sounds it sounds crazy but um stop saying it sounds crazy it's perfect (laughs) it is your story my story is, is also air quotes crazy and not optically awesome, but yeah. this is our story and they're beautiful messes. So let's hear your oh. fabulous story. I love that. I love that reframing. You're right. It's my story. So it's it is my beautiful story. story. Yes. So we got separated and it took six months to get divorced officially. That's fair. Um, we'll get into it, but I was already dating a little bit during that time. And then 
six months after we were officially divorced or one year after separation was when I met um, my now fiance because we just got uh, engaged two weeks ago. So this is basically, let's see, one year after my official divorce and I'm now engaged to a wonderful man. So I can let me ask you a question. Um, my husband, I'm remarried and my husband mm -hmm. and I were friends, completely mm -hmm. platonic. We became mm -hmm. best friends through messaging every day during the end of both of our divorces and mm -hmm. one we always like would ask each other questions back and forth like who would you like to be trapped in an elevator with like that kind of stuff uh -huh. and one day i said to him who's your fp and he said what's your fp i said your favorite person and he wrote back you are i was just and, gonna say if you were messaging all that right. time he had and his I, eye I on said, you, you know, <laughs> why why shouldn't you be with your FP? Shouldn't your FP be also your spouse or your partner? And a lot of people I know that's not their answer. And for me, very similar to you, based on what I've seen of your awesome stuff on Instagram, which we'll get into, is you are all about that. Like you should have, you shouldn't settle for anything else. Oh. So I want to hear your story. <laughs> uh, let's see, starting with which part i guess well, I one, of the things you said, one of the things you said was that uh, your first meeting was not incredible right right so um i met him through online dating and that's that actually coffee, one, of right? my, one of my specialties as a love coach because so many people have so much problems with it which i totally understand because i've done it i've been there but we all also know that it works and a lot well, of people sorry. have made it work so, so that's how I met him. I call myself like the ninja, a ninja at online dating. I love, so we, we need a ninja. We need it. <laughs> yeah, we Tell do. Tell me what site you met him on. So uh, we met on Bumble. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Bumble. Hashtag Bumble. Can you I do explain like to people why Bumble's awesome? Um, so a couple of different reasons. One is the woman reaches out first and that kind of cuts off a little bit of the skis, I think. Yeah. Um, and the other reason is I actually, and this might be sound controversial, but I actually really advocate for a short profile. Um, my whole orientation to online dating, it's only a way to just meet people who are basically strangers. It's not a way to get to know anybody. It's not a way to de start developing a relationship. That's one of the big mistakes. You just want to like, you know, I want to meet for me. I wanted to meet men so that I could find a, you know, a new partner. And I had zero men in my actual life and actual circle. So, right. you know, you can choose to go to parties or you can choose to go to meetup groups or you can choose to have your friends introduce you to people, whatever you want to do. But you've got to meet like optional optional men out there options for you and at this and so, age in our life we want to actually have a say in what we're doing i don't want someone to just randomly introduce me to someone i want to learn about them not yeah. like you said i don't need to learn a lot on the profile i want to learn about them in person but so since you're a ninja and you're dating at this <laughs> point you have been dating for six months online before you met your current fiance um actually i think a little bit more because it was a little bit on and off which is okay. one of the big problems that happens with online dating because people get burnt out so much that they have to stop doing it and so that's one of the things that i've learned and that i work with my clients on is like how can we keep your energy up so you can keep doing that so you don't have to like oh my gosh i, I have to take two months off and then go back what on what typically makes people feel burnt out 
Um, the, um, one of the problems is developing these emotional connections before they even meet the person and then they're really disappointed. So that's why I say never try to develop any kind of relationships. You want to meet them almost immediately. As quickly as you can get face to face or right now with Corona, you might do like a Zoom date or a video date of some kind. So that's one of the big things. Um, and then the other big thing is the expectations that people go into it with. And actually, this will take me back to you asked me why I when I first met my now fiance, um, when I first met him, I wasn't like, Oh, my God, this is him. Right. Not at all. It was, was a very, like, a very neutral. Later. Yeah. And that's, that's actually what I teach. So you don't want to have these like super high expectations of Oh, my God, this guy that I'm on a coffee date with now that I'm meeting for the first time might be the one. And then you also don't want to have this, oh my gosh, online dating sucks. I have to like talk to this person. It's probably not going to work out. So you want to have this like in between, just like neutral, like curious, like, huh, I wonder what this guy's all about. You know, I'm just meeting a person, talking to them, getting to know them. And, you know, who knows? It, it you know, something could turn into it, but it's fine if it doesn't. And so that really neutral energy is what's going to keep you in online dating because you've got to hold back from these this roller coaster of right. getting your hopes up and then they're getting dashed and then you you know get excited again and then uh disappointed you know and what i think is so important about that and i saw it on one of your posts about you know we really have to get to a place where we are enough no matter what because if we are enough no matter what then the online dating becomes i would love to meet a person but if this person is not the person, I'm not going to die. And it might be the person. That'd be great. But it's like when you were talking about it, I was like, there's almost like a Buddhist feeling to it. It's like chop wood, carry water, just keep showing up and, and being kind. Right. And mm -hmm. like, let's see what happens. But when you don't put, especially after you walk away from when a marriage is over, regardless of how it ended, you walk away with lessons. You know, I, when I got remarried, yeah. the person that re remarried us, she's also in a second marriage, 25 years successful and she said to us wow. during our ceremony don't forget that you had a previous marriage and don't act like this is your first marriage because it's not you should use the things that you learned in that first marriage and bring them to this this current marriage and not forget those lessons because they were really important lessons you guys both learned whether they were fun or not to experience right and so at this place you know you said you were 32 like that was so old, but it really isn't at all. Like now I, I think that that is normal. And I was yeah. 24 when I met my first husband and he thought I was too young because he was 32. And I was like, look, I'm a Jewish girl. I've been told I was supposed to get married since I was like 16. And this is, you know, but at that time in my life, I had no idea what I was doing or what I needed, but now we do. And so going into that, how do you coach your clients besides not getting too high and too low like, how do you help them figure out what what to look for? So what they want. Uh, so what you, what you were just talking about with uh, being okay with you, this is almost like what I would call step zero or step zero, one, two, three. So I talked about the three steps, you know, find the right men, the, the good men, choose the right one and start your forever relationship off right. But really the foundation of all of that and what is before all of that and through all of that is has to go back to you. Because if you really think about it, usually women when they're out there dating or even talking about their, their man or their husband or the guy they like, any of it, it's all about him. 
they're all like, does he like me? What is he doing? How come he's not doing this? I'm annoyed that he's not doing that. It's all him, him, him directed. But we want to turn it back to us because we, and this is part of attracting men to you. So it's part of that first step of finding the good men. It's really kind of like making yourself findable. But it's, uh, if you want a, a funny analogy, I always say like, think of yourself as the chocolate cupcake or the overflowing cup, either way, but you're that chocolate cupcake, you're delicious, you're juicy, you're whole, yeah. you're yummy. And the guy is just gonna like put the sprinkles on top. He's yes. not going to make your cupcake. Yes. He is not your cupcake. You, you are. are. Yes. Yeah, and so that- I love that so much yeah. because I, and one of the things that you have on your Instagram that I loved, it says, when he sees you fully accept yourself, he knows you can fully accept him too. And that's so sexy because um, it, it oh, doesn't yeah. matter, right? We don't have to be anything other than who we are. And hopefully by this time in our lives, we've gotten to a place where we have found acceptance and love for ourselves. So it is not about, like you said, wondering, I hope that this person is going to find me this way. Instead, we find ourselves this way. And if you don't find it, that's fine. But you're not right for me. You're not, you're not my sprinkles. So going this, back to sprinkles, like mm -hmm. I want to know more about your first date and what led okay. to the second date. Okay, so our first date, we we met for coffee. That's kind of what I uh, what I recommend. You can you can go for a drink or something too, but you know, generally I wouldn't recommend like a bunch of drinks. Um, everything I'm talking about here is dating for a long term commitment, and then there's right. obviously other other reasons to date as well. But um, on our date, um, you know, I thought he was. He was interesting. He was cute. He was, you know, we only, we went to coffee, which actually turned out to be tea. There was one little thing there that was kind of cute with that. We both ordered the exact same tea without knowing it. So that was like, Ooh, the same tea, which I guess he really noticed. I didn't, I was just like, whatever, everybody drinks peppermint tea, but, right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we were at a coffee shop and, um, we only had like an hour because the, uh, the coffee shop kind of like unknown to us closed. And then we're like, Oh, I guess we're, I guess we're done, but it was enough to, it was enough to see each other face to face. So to get that energy and we talked, he seemed interesting. He seemed smart, but nothing really like there weren't like bells going off or anything. So, and again, this is what I teach, but in my mind, I was just thinking like, would I be willing to go on one more date with him? So I wasn't looking for, oh my God, this is the man of my dreams. It's just like, you know, huh? you know, what do I kind of, again, back to that really neutral energy of like, you know, would I go I on? I love that question. I like that question so much better than is this my person? Like, mm -hmm. how can you know in one hour if someone's your person? That question is so much more manageable. Would I be willing to go on one more date? Sometimes the answer is no way. Absolutely not. But w what could possibly be sitting in front of you that you wouldn't be able to go on one more date with somebody unless they were really completely not your flavor? And one of the things, and this kind of goes back to a couple of things we talked about with me and with you, is I really advocate as women, we we um, often can get, like I said, more anxious and more focused on him. And partly because of that dynamic, I just think it's much better when we know that he's into us. And so like in your example, you knew that your, um, your now husband, he was pursuing you, he was he was interested in talking to you and he was, you know, actively pursuing you during all of that. And for me in my first marriage, that wasn't really how it was in the beginning. And again, I, you know, my whole thing is start your forever relationship off, right? Because how it starts is that balance yes. that, you know, it can get out of balance, but then you can like, 
recalibrate, you know, like yes. reconnect and rebalance. And that's so important because when we realized that we wanted to be together forever, we were still in a bunch of mess with our divorces yeah. and everything. And we made the mm -hmm. decision to not be physical until we were both completely out. And that was yeah. really important because I said to him, I'm hoping that we're going to do this forever. And I don't want to look back and go, oh, I wish we wouldn't have done that. And yeah. that's that really matters when you think about it. If you mm -hmm. think about that idea when you're trying some, you know, to see if someone's right for you and you're slowly going through that process is, is the way I'm going to behave, are the choices I'm going to make be what I want as part of my story forever? If this is, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. my behavior matters. It's starting it off right. And then the other thing that I heard in what you just said is to slow it down. Because that, what I was talking about with that, do, would I go on just one more date with him? It just, it slows it down and it takes, again, that roller coaster out of it. It just keeps it nice and neutral. I don't start making up stories in my head. Right. Like I did your in the name is, right. And like we tend to do, we start fantasizing and pretty soon we've got this whole relationship that like comes to a beginning ahead and then like end before we even like get on the Can next I date. Can I ask you what your search requirements were when you were searching? Oh, like uh, the parameters. Um, yeah. I had a little bit of a of age parameters. Um, actually, here's here's what I'll talk about because you know. Yeah, I'm interested. The important, the important part of this, and actually, this is another thing that I think women don't really understand about online dating is how they are swiping, and there's a really interesting difference between how men swipe and how women swipe. Please men swipe tell us. Yes on pretty much everyone. Pretty much everyone. <sighs> Women will swipe only if this guy is potential life mate partner. So women will swipe on like 20% of the men, the men will swipe on like 80% of the women. And because again, we're come, we as women tend to, these are all tendencies, right? You know, there's always, there's always differences and stuff, but we as women tend to come from this place where like, I won't even go on a date with him unless he's potentially the one. And so you're already setting this expectation super so high. It's like true. no wonder we get so disappointed and we go on this emotional roller coaster. And that's and how you get the burnout. And you're asking yourself like, you know, what the heck? I go like, why do we think one date means, oh, I have to already know that I want to be with him before I'm willing to go on one date. It's like, whoa, slow down, sister. So <laughs> you know? you're almost saying you should, the, that when they're doing their parameters, they should zoom out instead of being so restrictive and see like, be a little bit more open. You're not saying, yeah. who do you want to be your next husband? You're saying, who would you like to go on one date with? Exactly. Would I be willing to go on a coffee date with him? Does he seem kind of interesting? Right. So stop putting so much pressure on I it. Love so I pressure. love that. I love that. And then when you were doing this, since you've been married for 15 years, did you have anyone guiding you? Um, I did. I did somewhat. Um, so first of all, I started with YouTube, of course. I'm like, yes. how do I do this online I dating? What is going on? <laughs> you know, because at 48, like, I don't know how to use, I'm like, which way are we swiping? What's yes. happening? Um, so I went on YouTube. I also, um, a whole part of my divorce story was, um, that we didn't even touch on yet, but I, um, I dove in like, a hundred thousand percent into personal development. So I did That's like every, so every massive. I did it all. So I like bought, I bought courses. I read books. I talked to friends. I talked to strangers. I talked to like anybody who would listen to me. Um, I cried. Yeah. I, 
um, tried to meet new people because it's not just about meeting him. It's right. about also meeting new people in general. I also hired a coach. Um, so that's kind of how I got, how I yes. even found out. Like I didn't even know there were dating coaches. Right. And so I'm almost thinking, you know, because we're our, our business minds are always spinning. I'm like, so I already have clients that can send you and they can't come to you until they've already gone through me because you don't want them when they're a mess. You don't want them when yeah. they're angry about their old story mm-hmm. and they're trying to get mm-hmm. back. And, you know, what I mean, the only way out is through and there are no yeah. shortcuts. So you have to yeah. go through the mess. And then when yes. you're through the mess, that's when you're like, now I'm ready. Because how can you possibly meet a new person if you're carrying so much baggage of your old life? That is true. Um, However, I will say that like for me, that was actually one of the many things I did in my recovery. So as I was talking to people, listening, watching books, I started online dating, um, let's see, like just a couple months into my separation. And I didn't take it super seriously, but it, it, it was part of my healing process. And what it really did for me, um, and again, this is completely a personal decision because right. I think for a lot of people, this would be too fast or whatever. It, it's just, it has to be super individual. And I just really believe there aren't any rules. Yes. But for me, it made me feel like a woman again. It made me feel desirable again. Yes. And was it a little bit scary? Yes. Did I have awkward moments and like mini rejections? Yes. Um, can it I just say something? Anyway, I remember anyway. the first time I was physically in my now husband's presence after he made the decision to physically mm-hmm. be in each other's presence. I remember the whole grooming process again. Like I remember <laughs> shaving my legs and putting on peach lotion on my legs and like oh, looking yeah. in the mirror. And I hadn't done that in so long because there was so much brokenness and loneliness mm. that I, like you said, I was excited that there was going to be a man that was going to look at me in a way that I knew was going to make, and it wasn't because I needed him to look at me that I saw that when I looked in the mirror, I felt right. I was excited about it. I was excited to share with someone that would be excited about it. Absolutely. I mean, just when you know, you're going on a date, you look in your closet. And I mean, I even, I, I, the fact that I was dating brought my awareness to the fact that my hobbies were gardening and walking my dog, you know, (laughs) not the most sexy hobbies, not likely to meet other people, not real outgoing, but they were things that you do as a mom to stay at home because everything was on in the home. So those are my hobbies and my, my wardrobe, you know, definitely like needed to like have some replacements. That was another thing that I did as part of my healing was, um, you know, clothes shopping for myself. Oh, and I would also put out there like, every kind of like massage or spa treatment or nails done or whatever, just walks. Take care of yourself. Right. Um, I watched, um, I rewatched the entire Grey's Anatomy and cried and put uh, jigsaw puzzles together. That was part of it too. So I just did everything all at once. It was like, I love it. I love that so much. I have a question. So you, one of the things you wrote down um, that I saw was be picky and dating, but don't make that this common mistake. What is the common mistake you're talking about being the swiping too quickly? Yes. So the, the, the mistake is that women are picky in the beginning. So I kind of talk about this, um, uh, the filter or, um, just like a, it's kind of like a triangle so that you want the, um, the funnel. So you want the funnel to be wide at the top. So a lot of men are allowed to talk to you that you smile at that come into your 
area and then the farther down they get so if they get past a coffee date they get to a first date then you start being picky the common mistake is what we were talking about earlier where women have like well i'm, I'm only going to go on a date with you if i think you're possible ma marriage material or like long-term relationship wow, material i never even thought about like what pressure like how yeah. who are you kidding so wait will you tell me what a baseball date is uh, oh, oh, this that there's not like a baseball date, but that's like a personal story of a, a, a particular date that I went on. Okay, tell me. That was a, a really funny little story. You want to hear the the story? Yes. So um, this was a second date, and very much. And again, this was part of my divorce process, my healing process. It was just kind of like I'm game for whatever. I want new adventures and all of that. So he said, you know, do you do you play? You know baseball like softball or whatever and I was like uh yeah like 20 years ago <laughs> you're like but, yeah fourth grade <laughs> right but I wanted to get out of my comfort yeah, zone yes <laughs> and so I was like okay I'm down and then I went out and I practiced and I um I like actually practiced playing catch and like went to the batting cages and everything not exactly to I mean part of it was like you know try to impress him but a lot of it was again back to me back to my yes. cupcake and how was I going to have fun and get the most out of this experience? So there was a couple of really hilarious stories on that date. Um, in the very beginning, um, I was in the outfield and I think they put me in the right field, like in the Wait, place where pause. nobody Are you nobody playing goes. a real baseball game with a, with a date? Like, yes. you're, not like just you're not just like, hey, let's just go throw the ball in the field. He no. invited you to come play baseball. Yes. So he was on a co-ed team that oh was always God. lacking female players. Dear and so they need to like tell you who you're talking to right now. Okay. I was in the right field, which I think is the worst position. That's where you're, you're put when you're the worst position. Yeah. And this was me when I was eight or nine playing softball or whatever it was called. And they would say, look alive. So you did like bend down and put your hands on your knees. And then I would pray to God, please don't let the ball come near me. So uh -huh. being the, that's the second date, you are a brave woman. So tell me you're on, you're on the date with a right. team. Well, there I was in the right field because they didn't know me and yeah. I really wasn't like volunteering that I was wanting to do something. Like, I was oh, in the and one of the first hits oh, was a no. fly ball straight to me, which miraculously I caught, Yes, but with my non-gloved hand, <laughs> I guess in my right hand, that thing hurt so freaking bad. I mean, I had a bruise like on my palm. I, I don't know how long after that. But I pretended like that was the oh, you know. And of course, they were all excited because I, I got an out, out of glove. Yeah, it was nothing. So that was the first part. That was kind of half, half victory, half embarrassment. Then I was up at bat. <laughs> and the um you know this is a co-ed softball game or whatever it's not like super serious so our field wasn't like the best and it was like really super soft sand or dirt or whatever i guess it's kind of like a dirt stuff and so i hit the ball okay that was amazing i actually hit the ball but i think it was like a grounder basically to first base hey, it's not easy but to hit a ball i was i was i was happy with that like yeah. hey i actually hit it i didn't strike out so that was yeah. that was good but as soon as I hit the ball, you know, you you try you dig in to you know to to lunge out and start running, because of this like uneven dust, I did a flying face plant oh, right into the dirt. Lord. 
right in front of the dugout of my team <laughs> where my date was and all the people on his team who didn't know that I was his, you know, online date that he had just been on one date with before and didn't really know. And oh my God, it was just, That's amazing. It, was, it was a hilarious, fun and crazy story. So, but we're going to, you, you've made that term. It's called the baseball date. So whenever someone has that date where, where like everything's a flop and it's crazy pants, at least you put yourself out there, right? You could have just said, no. yes, I want to know about your second date with your fiance. Okay. So that is where things really got a little bit more fun. So we, um, we had gone on the coffee date and then he asked me out on another date. And so we met at this restaurant and I had kind of like, uh, not exactly a rule, but a thing where I would always, I would want him to just to kind of like make things more relaxing for me. I would want to know that he was already there looking for me when I came in so that it just kind of helps that, that awkward moment at the beginning. And so I'm always would arrive just five minutes after the time just to make sure that he was already there. So I arrive after five minutes after the time and I come in and you know, it's a really like, it's a scary moment, right? It's an anxious yeah. moment. I'm looking around and I don't see him anywhere. And I'm like, oh crap. And this time we weren't even, we didn't have each other's phone numbers. So you can't oh, so you didn't like talk at all after that first coffee tea date. No. And that's actually another big thing that I advocate is keep, don't really text him. Don't really text with men or keep it like to the minimal, keep it to the just arranging dates until you're in a committed relationship because again that. it tends to build this fantasy relationship and it also another big thing is that men one of the ways that they fall in love and again these are generalizations but men tend to fall in love with the mystery and the thrill so what's mysterious and thrilling about somebody who's telling you their every move all day long in text that's not mysterious that's not thrilling so it doesn't build that sexy anticipation that, that you want that. to build between dates so don't be communicating a bunch with him in between dates so we hadn't been um and so we were still just communicating on the site which if you've been on sites like that it's not as direct as texting so i did message him on bumble but he didn't get it until later but anyway i looked around for him i didn't find him so then i decided to go downstairs because there was like a second floor or the uh, basement and then there was like turned out there was a band playing so again like because of my perspective of what i was doing which was just like hey you know i don't know i mean of course i was still you nervous so much I'll pressure. Get wrong. right but i didn't have all that pressure so i was like oh hey here you know i was a little bit like caught off guard that he wasn't there it made me a little bit more anxious but I just thought, you know, oh, there's the music playing. I'll just kind of get into the groove of this cool music. This is awesome. I'll just kind of stand here. So then when he arrived, which was really only like five minutes later, you know, but we as women, we get so right, like, oh, right. it's been a couple minutes. Um, so then when he arrived, I was just glad to see him. And then we ended up sitting down and we connected really well on that date. And, um, you know, we ended up having dinner and we, um, played some games. They had games at the, the place where we were and they had this awesome music in the background. Again, I still want to emphasize that still my question for myself was, would I go on one more date with him? It wasn't, is he the one? It was, would you go on a second date? And, and it really just, my whole thing is keep it slow like that 
for a while because you want to this 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 long distance relationship that we're talking about and especially since we've been down this road before right when it didn't work out you're interviewing someone to be the co-captain of your life so why is this a good idea to leap in so quick right quick, like and even you after child five dates right. exactly you have yeah. kids so you know, you want to give the man or if you're a man, the woman a chance to show who they are before you're like emotionally attached to them and thinking that you're in a relationship. That's another thing, too, is that women tend to kind of like think or assume that they're in a relationship when really they're not. So they're were just you dating, dating other people at this point still? <laughs> this is a funny story. So um Kind of like with my method, you you should be, you know, coffee dating and light dating, you know, whatever, very early dating other people. Again, to keep the to keep that roller coaster down and to keep the pressure off, you kind of know that there's another date kind of coming. Um, I think that after I first met him for coffee, I think I went on like one coffee date with another man, but I didn't really I was kind of like still on Bumble, but I was kind of slowing down from it but I didn't tell him this. Right. So he told me about on our fourth date, he told me, you know, he, again, in this kind of way that I was looking for in this very masculine way of pursuing me, yes. he very clearly let me know, like, I'm not going to be seeing anybody else. And he just like mic drop, you know, like. Yes, because I have written it. down here, one of the things that you said was when a man does these things, you know, he's into you. So tell it, me what the things it, are. It, well, first of all, if you're wondering if a guy is into you, the answer is no. I love it. <laughs> a man I love that. That's like you, he's just not that into you, right? Like he would not. call it's, you if he wanted to talk to you. It's not like he doesn't yes. want the phone. Yeah, he's not inspired. He's not inspired to talk to you. So then it kind of goes back to the cupcake thing of like, why are you so desperate to talk to somebody who doesn't really have that much interest in talking to you? Especially now, if in the beginning they're not even excited, what do you think it's going to be like in two years? Exactly. And again, it's how you start that creates the whole relationship. And so that's why I'm always back to it's it starts from the very first meet from the very first sometimes messages on Bumble or on whatever site that you're on or if you meet them out and about it's from the very beginning. And you don't want what often happens is because we feel that anxiety that's really common for us as women, we've we feel kind of anxious and we want to like immediately move to the committed relationship we end up kind of chasing after him. And so that's where the situations happen where a, a woman will text a man or call him or whatever and say like, you know, like basically kind of like, you know, what are you doing? And then he's at home bored. So he's like, sure, you can come over, right? you know? And then it just turns into this Netflix and chill scenario. Yeah. He didn't have to do anything. He's really not telling you that he's into you. He's right. telling you I've nothing else better to do. So I don't have anything against you. Right. That's not And you know what? Enough. And you started this in the beginning about not settling. We all, regardless of our gender, deserve somebody that's into us. Because why should, if we're going to choose for this next part of our life, why wouldn't we want someone that's excited about us? Exactly. And like we've already talked about, you know, you have kids, you know, it's like now that we're older, you know, I don't need to have yes. a partner in my life. I definitely don't need like a bunch of drama and heartache and all of that stuff. So that's why it's just like slow it down. 
you're not settling. It's about, you know, meeting different men, seeing, you know, seeing what they're like, seeing what they do. So what are they going to do if you say like, well, I don't really text that much. How are they going to respond? Or if you, if, or let's say, for example, on the first or second date or something, he wants you to go in his car and you don't feel comfortable. So then you want to express that to him. How is he going to respond? You want the answers to that before you move any further with him. So you want to give it time to see what he's all about. So on date four, when your now fiance said, I don't want to see anybody else, yeah. and the microphone dropped, what did you do? So this is really funny. <laughs> so he, you know, he did the mic drop, very masculine thing of like, this is what I want. And, I, and, he, and he was also like, you know, you don't have to say the same thing, but that's where I'm at. And so I was just like, I was in this very like, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? I don't know, what do I do? <laughs> kind of phase. And um, it really got me flustered because I really wasn't seeing anybody else, but I didn't want to say I won't see anybody else. So I didn't want to like declare it and I wasn't ready to tell him this stuff. So I was really, like, really flustered, but kind of in a good way. Like it was really um, kind of in a flirty, juicy way that he really put me into this state of excitement and all of that so i didn't say back that i wouldn't see anybody else and i think you just, i waited. Like, enjoyed it you just enjoyed the moment i enjoyed the moment and enjoyed being you know wanted kind of being being wanted being flirted with and all of that and i was just like oh <laughs> just like a giggly schoolgirl, i guess will it you was, tell me how it's been with your does he have any children uh he has a 26 year old so he's that's very How different. was it with your son in introducing and all of that? Did you have any, like, what was that like for you? Because I know for me, one of the biggest things with my clients is helping mm -hmm. setting them up when they're in the middle of their divorce. I help work with them on their separation agreement, not in a legal aspect, yeah. but in, in the way of like from another divorced parent of these are things you really want to make sure are part of your plan. Because mm -hmm. if there's going to be someone else in the picture, you really mm -hmm. need to think about because it, it's going to affect your children. So what yes. was that like for you? My whole philosophy on this, and if I have clients who, who have kids, it's all about taking it slow. <laughs> it's kind of like the dating thing. Right. It's about taking it slow. And then the other thing that was really important to me, because I've been through this as a kid with, um, yes. you know, a new stepmom, a new stepdad, never to push them together. Oh, thank you. So it's always been just, it's always just been very casual. Um, both of them are very low drama. Um, both my, uh, my fiance and my son, they're very low drama. They're very just kind of chill. So I, you know, my son was like, it was not a big deal to be introduced. He didn't have any like, oh my God, you know, reaction to that. So I introduced him. I kind of started talking about him, but that all happened just really slowly. And then I don't know, maybe it was like six months before he like spent the night or something. Um, right. And then just even, so now we've been together. I've been with my fiance now for a little bit over a year and a half. And he and my son kind of do, you know, like do a little bit of stuff together or like my son will ask him, Think, you know, how do you, do you know how to do this or to do that? So they'll kind of have their own interactions. You don't force a family because yeah. I think that that's the biggest mm -hmm. mistake that people can make is 
Yeah. And I'm experiencing with my children is so with my husband, my husband just fits in with them. Like he's like the fourth boy. Like they're just watching ridiculous shows and they're having fun and they're playing soccer. There's not this role. He did not come in as stepfather. He's not that. Mm -hmm. I know he is legally, but he's not. And what my boys are experiencing with their father's partner is this feeling from them saying we are a, we're a partnership we're going to be together we're going to be married mm-hmm. and you need to be like this and right <laughs> nobody likes to be told what to do yeah like, exactly nobody likes to and it's especially not any teens or tweens they are going to that's going to backfire yeah big time. I, and i tell them like yeah. just chill out just chill out just don't push it just let it be natural yeah um, I'm so excited to talk to you. I, I know our time is almost up. I have one question for you before we get sure. on, and I want everyone to know how to find you. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things you wrote was your man or woman, whoever's listening, is yeah. out there. He's looking yeah. for you. Are you findable? What does it mean yeah. to be findable? So that's what I was kind of talking about when I say that I help you find the good men. I help my clients find the good men. But it's not so much as this like um, working and looking and searching like super hard trying to go find him. You want to be like more on step zero, working on your own chocolate cupcake, healing yourself, you know, getting into that juicy, sassy, flirty, confident self that you are. So that's a huge part of it. At the same time, like assuming that he is out there and he's looking for you. Like, could you even, could he even find you? So a lot of us right now, you know, especially with Corona are kind of just like sitting around at home all the time. So, I mean, for me, sometimes I feel like I literally only go to the grocery store. That's like the only place I go. With a mask so, and don't touch me or come near me, right? Yeah. And so kind of what I say is like, are you really making it like the only place he could even possibly find you is in front of the cantaloupe? And then, and then the question would be like, are you even open to talking to somebody over the right. cantaloupe? So it's like you you want to make yourself into this, you know, juicy, yummy chocolate cupcake, but you do actually have to go where there are single men. So that could be online dating, that could be, you know, meetup groups, that could be any kind of parties, events, that could be like volunteering. You know, maybe it's at work. I know for me, I there were no there were no options at work. So you have to be findable. You have to be I actually. I tell you, my 86-year-old grandmother says you don't shit where you eat. So I always say, <laughs> stay away from work if you can. Because yeah. if I end up working out and then you're like, great, I have to go to work and see this person. But yeah. it sounds like you really have such a solid thing going. And I know my listeners all, here's the order of what everyone's afraid of when divorce happens. First is, mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up the kids. After mm-hmm. the decision right after someone makes a decision i don't want to mess up the right. kid. what if i'm going to be alone forever and yes. you're saying you don't have to be alone forever yeah but you need to put yourself out there and you need to get yourself into a place where you are the chocolate cupcake and you yes. don't need someone to make you a cupcake you just need someone for sprinkles like and so exactly right but you can't just go out there and go someone help me make a cupcake because that's on you yeah. right and i think um a lot of us do get into that kind of helpless energy around finding a partner or we just feel like it's supposed to fall into our lap. And I do want to really acknowledge like it it is it, it is a tricky time. It is difficult. And that's why I really think, you know, I know most people don't even really know what a dating coach is, but it can be so helpful to keep the the roller coaster from going on the ups and downs and to help you, you know, choose the right one, not get too attached 
quickly and to just give you support during that time. But I firmly believe like, you know, almost like on a spiritual level, like we are all, we talked about this at the beginning, you know, love coach Jerrica, that's what yes. I go by. But it's like, you know, we are all made of love. We all like are meant for love um, and we are all deserving of love. And there is someone out there, yes. but it's not about just wishing and hoping for it to fall on your lap with magical fairy dust. Right. You have to you have actually to do some things. With the universe, right? You have to be part of, the, yeah. part of the process. And you know, something I've always believed and people who come near me and I tell them this, I say, if it is your deepest heart's desire to be in a partnership that's fulfilling and you do the work you need to do, that it yes. will happen. It might not happen yes. in the time frame and mm -hmm. in the manner which you think it should. That's mm -hmm. like the whole like of you of like letting go of all the expectations. Mm -hmm. You also need to walk around believing that yes. this is something that that is going to happen. I don't believe that we are meant to be in loveless marriages with someone who doesn't want to be with us for whatever reason on either side. I yeah. don't believe we're meant to be alone for the rest of our life. I believe that we all are deserving of whatever it is that makes sense for us in love. And I want to know how my listeners can find you. <laughs> well, I am Love Coach Jerrica everywhere. Okay. I'm uh, I'm the most active on Instagram and YouTube. I have tons of free resources on both of those places. Um, and also my website is lovecoachjerrica.com. I will include all of that in my episode. I already have at least two people to send you. Um, I'm so grateful for your time and your flexibility because I was adopting kitties and I had no time to do anything else. And I just, oh, let, me just went to, uh, let me just mention one more little yes. thing which is on my website, lovecoachjerica.com. I do have a little free uh, offering for your listeners, which is a little basically like a jump start. Um, it kind of is like a little, um, a little printout of some of this process that we talked about, about not to go on the roller coaster, about how to go slow, the kind of like the steps, it's like a step-by-step, -step, so. I love it, I love it, I'm so excited. I will post all of it, and then when your episode appears, I will share it with you so you can share, and I'm so grateful for your time, and congratulations. For any listeners who would like to go deeper into my story, check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, available in paperback, audio, or digital. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This has been such a great conversation. It was. I'm invigorated. I believe in love. We're going to all have it. Thank you so much.